98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Pierre Tremblay. The top stories. The observatory says it may issue a number three signal as early as three o'clock today as super typhoon Mankut moves closer to the SAR. The chairman of the government's land supply task force sets out the options it plans to present to the chief executive for the next month's policy address. And both the Hong Kong's men's and women's teams line up a semi-final cup berth in the Asia Rugby 7 series. The observatory says it will upgrade the storm signal to number three between three o'clock and six o'clock today as super typhoon Mangkut moves rapidly towards the coast of western Guangdong. Forecasters say it poses a severe threat to the region, and the standby signal number one is now in force. The weather is expected to worsen sharply around midnight as Mangkut gets closer to the Pearl River estuary, and the observatory says it will consider issuing the number eight gale or storm signal in the small hours and earlier, warn that it may issue a number ten signal tomorrow. Meanwhile, Mangkut has been battering the northern Philippines with violent winds and torrential rains. The megastorm made landfall in the country's main island, Luzon, earlier this morning, blowing down trees, ripping off roofs and knocking out electricity supplies. An official in the city of Tugigarao said almost all buildings had been damaged and communications were down. The BBC's Howard Johnson is on the island. We're on the road between Isabella and Cagayan province, two of the hardest hit areas by this storm. This area is currently being battered by high winds and heavy rain. We've seen electricity posts felled, trees ripped to shreds and detritus all over the streets. There are reports that roads and bridges have been closed because of flooding and landslides. But it's the remote coastal areas that people fear took the brunt of the storm. The northeast tip of the country was directly in the path of Typhoon Mankut. The U.S. National Hurricane Center has said Storm Florence is moving into eastern South Carolina, bringing life-threatening storm surges and strong winds. At least five people have died. Here's the BBC's Laura Trevelyan. Hurricane Florence has been downgraded to a tropical storm, but she still poses a great threat. The high winds have subsided a bit, and so is the storm surge. But now what we're seeing is absolutely torrential rainfall as she pounds the coast of North Carolina and South Carolina. And the threat now is from flooding, potentially catastrophic flooding. I'm speaking to you from the Cape Fear River here in Wilmington, North Carolina. It has already broken its banks. Back locally, and the chairman of the government's land supply task force says its preliminary report to the chief executive later this month will set out four to, or f- four to five options that have been frequently discussed over recent months. Stanley Wong said these are brownfield sites, building on farmland through public-private partnerships, developing Fanling Golf Course, reclamation and building on the fringes of country parks. The Hong Kong chief executive, Carrie Lam, has asked the panel to submit an interim report to help her frame her land and housing policies for next month's policy address. Here's Mr. Wong speaking to reporters after appearing on a radio program. We do have a sort of personal record of uh, the comments being made uh, in these different consultation uh, exercises. And in that case, uh, the task force will then be sitting down together uh, to evaluate uh, the different uh, comments that ha- that has been made, centering around uh, the four or five frequently discussed options, uh, and basically to uh, put forward uh, all the pros and cons and all the supports and uh, oppositions about each of the um, uh, frequently discussed options. 
President Trump's former campaign manager Paul Manafort has agreed to cooperate fully with the investigation into alleged collusion in the 2016 election. Mr. Manafort agreed to being interviewed without his lawyer present and to testify in any trials. In return, the prosecution agreed to accept his guilty pleas to reduce charges. The White House said the pleas had nothing to do with the president's campaign. The BBC's David Willis has this assessment. It is highly significant, I think, that he has agreed now to talk to the special prosecutor's office, not least because in his nearly six months on the Trump campaign, Paul Manafort was present at some key moments, not least, of course, uh, that now fateful meeting at Trump Tower in June of 2016, when also present were Donald Trump Jr., the president's son, and the president's son-in-law, Jared Kushner, as well, of course, as a Russian lawyer who was off to dig the dirt on Hillary Clinton. You're listening to RTHK. The time is five minutes past one. The Trump administration has stepped up its, has stepped up its attacks on former U.S. Secretary of State John Kerry with the current post holder, Mike Pompeo, accusing him of trying to undermine a change of policy towards Iran by meeting Iranian officials in back-channel talks. What Secretary Kerry has done is unseemly and unprecedented. This is a former Secretary of State engaged with the world's largest state sponsor of terror. And according to him, right, I don't you have to take my word for it, he, these are his answers, he was, he was talking to them. He was telling them to wait out this administration. You can't find precedent for this in U.S. history. Secretary Kerry ought not to engage in that kind of behavior. It's 10 years since the U.S. investment bank Lehman Brothers collapsed in the process, severely worsening an unfolding international financial crisis. There was a global recession and a succession of bank bailouts. In several countries, central banks put in place a battery of relatively innovative policies as they tried to prevent a much deeper downturn. Here's the BBC's Andrew Walker. It was the most severe financial crisis since the 1930s. The failure of Lehman's created widespread uncertainty about whether other financial firms would be able to pay their debts. There were real concerns that the financial system in many countries, which is dependent on continuous lending between banks and others, could seize up. Central banks responded by cutting interest rates to ultra-low levels and by buying financial assets with newly created money, or quantitative easing as it was called. The recession was severe and the recovery slow, but many economists think it could have been much worse. The World Anti-Doping Agency, WADA, says Russia's anti-doping watchdog has met its demands on two outstanding issues, suggesting that its suspension will be lifted. The organization was barred from working in international sport in 2013 amid the scandal over state-sponsored doping in Russia. WADA said the Russian sports ministry had sufficiently acknowledged the issues and would allow an independent expert access to data from its anti-doping laboratory. Sports, Hong Kong's Rugby Sevens men's team will meet Sri Lanka in the Cup semi-final this afternoon at the Asia Rugby Sevens series at the football club. Earlier, Japan beat China 33-14 in Pool A and Sri Lanka beat Chinese Taipei 33-12. Japan will play the Philippines in the other, semi, in the other Cup semi. In the women's competition, Hong Kong ruthlessly demolished Korea 34-0 this morning in Pool C, while Japan crushed Thailand 31-0. In Pool D, China triumphed Sri Lanka 36-0 and Kazakhstan beat Singapore by 24 points to 10. That means Hong Kong's women's team will face China in the cup semi-final about an hour from now, while Japan will face Kazakhstan in the other semi. 
Now for a preview of this weekend's English football action, here's the BBC's Rob Schofield. Club football resumes after an international break that has brought us the first games of the UEFA Nations League. In the Premier League, the fixture of the weekend sees the two teams tipped to run Manchester City, the closest for the title, meet at Wembley. Tottenham face Liverpool, who have set the pace early on, winning all four of their opening matches. Senegal forward Sadio Mane netting as many goals to lead the scoring charts so far this season. Tottenham came unstuck against Watford last time out and will again be without goalkeeper Hugo Lloris, who is carrying an injury. Maurizio Pochettino has confirmed the World Cup winner will remain as captain, but is lucky there were no consequences of his drink-driving conviction. Chelsea, who have also impressed under new manager Maurizio Sarri by winning all of their games so far, play Cardiff, while fellow newly promoted side Fulham travel to champions Manchester City. Manchester United, having already lost two of their matches, are handed a tricky fixture in Saturday's late kickoff as they look to put their sticky start behind them. An away game at surprise package Watford, who, like Chelsea and Liverpool, have four wins from four. Strugglers Newcastle equally have a tough test at home to Arsenal, while pointless West Ham Ham play injury hit Everton. Manuel Pellegrini's side must get something at Goodison Park with games against Chelsea and Manchester United up next. Those are the games to look forward to this weekend. This is Rob Schofield from BBC Global Sport. To end the news, our top stories once again. The Observatory says it may issue a number three signal as early as three o'clock today as Super Typhoon Mankut moves closer to the SAR. The chairman of the government's land supply task force sets out the options it plans to present to the chief executive for next month's policy address. And both the Hong Kong's men's and women's teams line up a semi-final cup berth in the Asia Rugby 7 series. The news from RTHK. 24 hours a day. This is RTHK. And welcome to this week's edition of World Vibes with myself, Pierre Tremblay, in the chair till 3 p.m. This week we have two special musical themes on offer. First, a new selection of hot new hits from a lot of places on the planet. Then our very special musical tribute to Chilean singer-songwriter Victor Jara, murdered 45 years ago tomorrow. As always, Giovanotti says it so well in Italian. We're still the belly button of the world. And our first hour starts with our first musical theme of a new selection of hot new tracks from a lot of places on the planet. And we start off with, drumroll please, our very same theme song artiste, yes, Giovanotti. He's back on the charts with this track, Viva la Libertà, Italian for Long Live Freedom. It's uh, his fourth hit from his 14th studio album called O Vita, O Life. Giovanotti, stage name for Lorenzo Cherubini from Rome, singer, songwriter, rapper, DJ, uh, started performing in the, the mid-80s. And uh, this video for his newest track, Viva la Libertà, Long Live Freedom, uh, was filmed at the end of his uh, tour, Lorenzo Live 2018. Uh, and it was just at the end of a concert that he did, uh, one of the last concerts of that tour. And that became the video for this following new track. So let's have a listen to Giovanotti and Viva la Libertà. (laughs) 